Week four is in the books, but it's never too early to get ahead of the curve. The pre-snap with Joe Pizzapia and Chris Meany starts right now. You're listening to the pre-snap podcast brought to you by LineStar, the top-rated DFS tool set and number one companion for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Go LineStar Premium now at LineStarApp.com. Now, here are your hosts, fantasy football experts, Joe Pizzapia and Chris Meany. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizzapia, and welcome to the pre-snap right here on the LineStar app. It's me, and it's Chris Meany, and it's you, and we are talking DFS right here. We're going to recap the week that was look ahead to the week that's coming and uh, have a little fun here talking a little football on a Tuesday morning because what's better than that Chris Meany I don't know I can't think of anything except maybe maybe the halftime show which I'm very excited about this year I'm just gonna say I'm very very excited about the halftime show (laughs) yeah I mean you and me both there's (laughs) the halftime show is uh is gonna be a good time for all enjoy it it's gonna be one of the better ones in a long time I think but yeah happy Tuesday to everybody out there and just a wild week in the NFL. I mean, in terms of just, I guess, betting favorites, like half of them won. And then, you know, they not even half of them covered the spread. So it was finally a week of some upsets, some some weird things in the NFL. And and here we are, man. Again, it was. And there were a lot already. of weird lines. Yeah. Well, look, good news is we got um, another upset special. So Randall came away with a victory. And it's funny because Mike and I were both on Tennessee. And, and if you listen to the clip, I would say, well, that was mine too, but I got to do a different one just to have a different one. And the other one was Arizona. It didn't work out, okay? I thought they would score in garbage time and figure it out. Turns out not the case. All of a sudden, eh, you know, that that pick six from Clowney really, uh, I think, did them in there. I think that yes, was the death yeah. knell of that offense that day. But good news is that is, let's see, we are four weeks in the books, and we are six of eight with the upset specials. So that's pretty good right there. Oh, that's that's what they call hitting out of the park. Now, unfortunately. Chris Meany carried the weight this week, uh, at least fortunately, I should say, for the person he wants a merch for because Cooper Cup went and found the end zone. Uh, look, the guys we talked about all good weeks, like Derrick Henry had a good week, but no touchdown. Carson had a good week, no touchdown. It's kind of weird. So, eh, what are you going to do? It's, it is what it is. Tyler Lockett, I thought, was a lock. Not so much. But <laughs> yeah. the, on the good side of things, Chris, I think we gave a lot of people good advice about going out there and paying up for McCaffrey because he had a, another huge day. He is that offense. Let's be honest. That's, I mean, the Carolina Panthers offense is Christian McCaffrey at this point. And on a slate where there was no Saquon, where Kamara and Elliott were at night, where you're talking about like, where else you look at who is the guy that can be a separator. And especially when you had guys like Inman, which is a guy that I know I wrote about in my TQE piece, as soon as, you know, more deactivations came of Mike Williams and all these other guys, it was no brainer that Dontrell Inman was a perfect lineup builder. Him and Paul Richardson, obviously Richardson didn't work out. Stupid Jay Gruden. But <laughs> but the good news was Inman was a great min-salary play on Sunday. Yeah, he really was. And I, I hammered his catch prop, which was at three and a half. So we got that before nice. he, he left the game with the injury. So that was that was nice to see. And and yeah, I mean for sure, at least there's a couple big takeaways, at least for me. Like Carson, he found the end zone, it was called back. Obviously, Rashad Penny not being around kind of helped save his job, but I think he solidified it. He got like 20, 
two carries, I think, caught a few balls, had over 100 yards on the ground, and just ran hard, which is something that we predicted. We thought that he would really just be playing for his job, so he really did. And and Cooper Cup had that touchdown. I mean, Goff looked really, really bad. Uh, yeah, he threw for like 500 yards, but he made some some bonehead mistakes. And now this is somebody who has a 13 to 14 touchdown interception ratio over his last 12 games. So that that was a little puzzling. Plus, the defense couldn't stop the Buccaneers. So that that was a big takeaway for me as well. But um, yeah, I mean, Inman was great. Gallman was great. CMC is on pace for 340 rushing, like 340 carries and 100 catches. He is on pace for almost 450 touches and over 2,500 yards. It's unbelievable what he's doing. I think he's just an automatic play at this point. You just plug him in, you find a way to make him work, and then you just look elsewhere to get, get value because this guy is just – he's playing 100% of the snaps, Joe. He doesn't come off the field. I know. It's its its absolutely tremendous there. It, it really is. And, uh, you know, right now, I mean, it's just – it's his world, and we're all living in it. And, look, we got a lot of Minshew pulling a rabbit out of his hat. We saw Derek Carr go in there and – that wasn't real surprising when Darius Leonard was ruled out for that game. I was troubled. They were still in that game at the end, but really, you know, when you take Darius Leonard out of that, and if he's out again this week, potentially you have to keep in mind, he is a tackle machine. And if you can't take away the best player on defense and arguably the best player on offense and T Y Hilton. And what do we always say about the Colts? The margin of error is so thin, which yeah. means from a wagering standpoint, you've got to be real, real careful because first couple of weeks, it was the kicking. Now it's the injuries they're just it's razor thin for them that's that's where we're at with that team uh but there were certainly no shortage of great performances uh including jared goff who threw for 500 yards and still lost uh just just a crazy day i mean cup and woods were fantastic Gurley had two touchdowns yeah i caught they, a few balls they they literally ran the ball 11 times in that game yeah i i, I this is the rams are not going to win football games no. running the football 11 times in a game. That's not how they won in previous years. They pounded with Todd Gurley and then they made good pass plays and they, and they have the talent to do that and all that. So it's, it's a predictability. It's, it's no good. Sean McVay is the boy genius, but I wonder if the boy genius has got a little Super Bowl hangover still, because right now the Rams kind of look like they're a mess. Yeah, they do look like they're a mess. I mean, to give up 55 points at home, I don't care if, like, it's not. Did you have 90 in that game? Did you have the over on the 90? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I can't wait wait to talk to Randall on Friday's show about that one. When I talked to Mike about that, hey, Mike, do you have the over on the 90? (laughs) (laughs) Had the over, but did not have the 90 over. I mean, yeah, it was just a weird game. Like I said, it was um, 10 of the 15 teams that were favored on the spread did not cover, and eight just straight up lost. And the Rams were just one of those teams. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, you look at the box score and you see 517 yards, but you see the the fact that he threw the ball 68 times for Goff. I mean, he was hitting Woods and Cup all day, especially in the second half. It was very easy for the Rams to move the ball. They just needed a stop. And I give some credit to Tennessee's run or uh, Tampa Bay's run defense. It's pretty solid, but you're right. I mean, they're not going to win a whole lot of football games giving the ball to Gurley like five to seven times. Like he had a couple touchdowns, but there were red zone. Like those are red zone touchdowns. He caught a few balls, definitely encouraging, but um, yeah, for Goff again, go back to the last 12 games, 13 touchdowns, 14 picks. That's including the playoff game. It's obviously including the Super Bowl game against the Pats. So it's not good. Uh, they need to figure out Gurley or maybe get Malcolm Brown more involved in the ground because they're going to they're gonna need to establish the run. Like they're going to be fine. They're three and one. 
they got Seattle, San Fran, Atlanta, Cincy coming up on the schedule. Like there's, there's well, that's no the thing problem. is now you got all these division games coming up. Yeah. So you, It'll be you a know what? Bit tougher games. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to make a prediction and uh, you know, I don't know. I, <laughs> sometimes I do these things. This is early. It's early in the morning, but I'm going to make a prediction that you're going to see a, a gross um, overcorrection of Todd Gurley's usage coming soon to a theater near you i think it's coming i it has to because they the can't take l's right now the nfc is completely wide open okay especially after dallas went in there and sucked yeah. in the dome <laughs> against new orleans without drew Brees. That's right tough. now it is open season the nfc i don't know i mean i'm looking at the lions and i'm like you know what i kind of like the lions though <laughs> that team doesn't <laughs> quit they play tough yeah, they're playing they well really do they gave I mean, that they game really- away they well, they did, and they did. I mean, I still they had a couple Dak red called. zone turnovers. I they mean, did. it was a ton of right. turnovers. I think there was five in one quarter. But, but that was that turnover there, with the guy ran the ran the ball back. Where I don't know, man. I know they didn't have conclusive evidence, but it seemed like the play was done, and the guy just picked up the ball and ran it yeah. ninety nine yards. That that was kind of the backbreaker. Those are things you can't come back from, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a, it's know. such a turnaround. I mean, they turn it over on the one, and the and the possession before that, Stafford fumbled the ball. But before that play that he fumbled, he had hit Galladay in the end zone, which was, you know, it, I think it was the right call. He kind of bobbled it on his way down. But it was just a crazy swing of of like 14 points. I mean, really like 21 point swing in like a span of four or five minutes. It was it was unbelievable. And sometimes they blow that down for the de- defense can't run it. And other times they let it go. I mean, I think now they're going to let it go, which would happen to the Saints against the Rams a couple weeks ago. Like that should have been a touchdown for New Orleans and they blew the they blew it down. And all oh, the Saints got screwed again, but like they let that one go and Casey turned it back the other way, like 99 yards. It was definitely the turning point. So weird. And everyone was so, including me, was so excited about Patrick Mahomes playing in a dome for the first time and all this stuff. No touchdowns. Zero. Zero. Goose egg. Who just saw yeah. that coming? Man, playing uh, at home. Absolutely brutal there. <laughs> what are you going to do? But uh, on the good notes there, let's go to some more positive things. Uh, Nick Chubb was fantastic. Three touchdowns. Great day for him. Leonard Fournette had a huge yardage day. No touchdowns, oh, yeah. but. Still a huge yardage day. Carry on Johnson, who we said was finally going to have a non-ugly game, did. So that's a positive there. And Derrick Henry, we told you nobody's going to tackle him in Atlanta. Atlanta doesn't like to tackle anybody. And not only do they not want to tackle him, they didn't want to tackle A.J. Brown. So going forward, I'm going to make this a statement. We're going to look every week, whoever the biggest, strongest guy is on the opposing team, and we are going to go all in on him on this show every week because the Atlanta Falcons tackle nobody. It is there, there is so little effort. They're like the anti-Lions, where the Lions just have so much effort all the time, I feel like. And I watch the Falcons, and they just, you know, whatever. The guys in the secondary just arm tackling everybody, just letting guys go for an extra 5, 10 yards every time. It's just nuts, man. Yeah, it's they're, they're a hard team to watch. They really are. And, like, even with Matt Ryan in the offense, it's not working. And there's just an excuse already. Well, you know, it's the other year. Or it's first year with a coordinator. Like, I, I'm done with making those excuses. Like, he's got so many weapons. Sure, they can't run the ball. Devonta Freeman had another awful game on the ground. He caught a bunch of balls. But he's not running, and they're not establishing a run. And the defense, you're dead on about the defense. We talked about the Titans as an upset a team that could straight up go into Atlanta and win. And that's really kind of unacceptable for the Falcons. Like they should be winning those football games, at least hanging around. And I mean, I look at this team, I see Hooper who I like and Julio Jones who needs to be used more, but now I'm seeing a guy in Sanu who's just kind of past Ridley on the depth chart. He's playing more snaps than him. He's getting more targets. Yeah. It's he's, very he's weird. I... For target for Ryan. Yeah. It's, Ugh. it is weird, but they it's, need it's a regime happening. change. It's time. Dan Quinn, the oh, whole group sure. needs to go. Because this is a very, they have a lot of talent on offense, 
you know, and I know they had some defensive injuries. I get it, but they have too much talent on this roster to be as bad of a football team and inconsistent, you know, drive to drive on both sides of the ball inconsistent. It's just, and that, that comes from the top. Okay. I don't want to hear any, but that comes from the top and the demands you have of your coordinators and then trickle down effect of everybody else Uh, from the receiving core. Obviously Devontae Adams had a huge game on Thursday night. It cost him though. (laughs) He's probably going to be out this week. Uh, Chris Godwin, a huge day, 12 for 172, two touchdowns. You know, uh, you know, we've done so many shows together. We did the preview shows together and you know how I feel that, Many, many receiving cores that I have in my season-long leagues uh, consist of the following three players, uh, Chris Godwin, uh, Cooper Cup, and Cortland Sutton. So it was a uh, good weekend <laughs> from that perspective. Uh, but amazing. Cup may Cortland be my Sutton, favorite wide receiver in football. Well, here's the thing. Those were three guys, and I kept saying, these are guys that can have wide receiver one games without wide receiver one cost. And the Sutton one, I think, was as soon as Ramsey was out, you sh- as soon as that was declared, and that was on Sunday, you should have been running, and, and you got to realize that. You should run. I know it's Joe Flacco, but you should be running to gotta get him in lineups because this guy has touchdown upside. He's going to keep a low cost all year because of Joe Flacco. He is that perfect guy when you're looking for a saver, and he's got touchdown upside and the ability you know, to make a big play. He's that dude, and every year there's somebody like that, and I think this year it's Cortland Sutton, and I think people have to realize when the matchup is good, that guy's going to put up points. Yeah, he he really is. I, I was thinking about making a trade for him in my season long league. I'm just I'm slightly worried about like week. I don't want to look too far ahead, but like week eleven in mini, and then in and then in Buffalo to follow is. Uh, oh, but uh, Minnesota. Let's let's. <laughs> I mean, they're Kirk a team Cousins. really to talk about actually. Um, but you're right about Sutton and and Godwin. I mean, we've been talking about this is Godwin's season. I mean, I own a lot of shares of him too. Half my teams didn't even do anything, but Godwin just carried alone like. This guy, there was reports in Tampa that he couldn't even walk to the stadium. Like he couldn't get well, there. Well, he, got he was there. perfectly fine. <laughs> I love these slot guys. We've said this before on the show. Like, yeah, they're great cash game plays, but they can also do a lot for you in tournaments. And this is exactly what we're seeing from Godwin. Like, double-digit targets, double-digit catches playing in the slot. Like, look at Cooper Cup's game log. Like, oh, at least nine targets in every game. He's got three straight with and like nobody wanted yards. him. Nobody, Nobody seems to want him. him. Yeah, they all why. talk like, about Cooks and Woods. Oh, the like, knee, the knee's going to – like, there's been zero negativity about this knee. He looks okay? awesome. Zero negativity about – he looks fantastic. He looked fantastic in camp. Everybody was still panicking about and doesn't want Cooper Cup. Um, hello? Yeah. By the way, when you gave me that that, that story about uh, Godwin trying to uh, – Godwin trying Wonka. to come in there, he yeah. reminded me of Willy Wonka when he's, like, walking out. <laughs> And he yeah. can't walk. And then he does that somersault. Yeah. <laughs> he does that forward tumble and he pops up. And then, uh, and there's, there's Chris Godwin. And there's in the Chris Godwin, 12 for 172 and two touchdowns. Yeah, unbelievable stuff. But And then there's the Vikings who you kind of touched on, Adam Thielen, who used to play a lot in the slot, who came off a really unbelievable season last year. And for Godwin, after his first four games of last season, obviously really involved in the offense. Things are certainly not the same. Uh, this year so last year after four weeks 56 targets 40 catches 473 yards after four weeks this year 22 targets 13 catches and 179 yards he completely called out Kirk Cousins after the game there was a question about him I forget I'm paraphrasing now but it was like did you find it hard to get open against that Bears defense he's like I didn't find it hard at all yeah (laughs) 
It's like, wow. that's a shot at the offense. Ugh. I know they want to run the ball in Minnesota. I know they've played really tough matchups. I know. But this is a team Cousins that has over $200 million invested in Diggs, Thielen, and Cousins. Like, it's go time. It is. It is. And it was great to see Diggs have a game. Yes. Which I'm sure happened. Diggs and Jarvis Landry helped exactly zero people this week. Zero. Because right. I'm sure they were on benches everywhere after three weeks of just absolute misery. Yeah. I, I then, am interested in Landry, but he's not. The, he's got the concussion now. now he's got the, right. Really and that's the out. worst part. It's like he finally yeah. had a breakout game and he's got a concussion protocol. And you're like, oh, concussion. forget it. Like yeah. you just, You're just like Big throwing yikes. things. There's that moment where you're like joyful and then it gets shoved right back down and it's terrible. I wonder if the Vikings are kicking the tires on Case Keenum. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I hey, mean, uh, uh, it does get easier for the Washington. I, you got me in that Case Keenum. I could go for some of that Case Keenum. You got me extra. <laughs> yeah, you're playing Haskins the rest of the way, right? Even though he looked awful, but yeah, I mean, it does that get was easier. McCoy, they said next week. I thought. I thought that's. Oh what... my goodness! Yeah, well, here's the thing: you're not going to throw Haskins on the road in, the in New England. No, that's why Jay Gruden finally. Jay Gruden's out. He, he's done. Oh, he's fired he, any day, actually. He's yeah. fired any day now. And this was, look, I know it didn't start off well for Case Keenum. I get it. But to the reaction of that game, when the Giants defense is so bad, when the Giants are turning the football over, when Case Keenum's already put up 30 on a couple teams this year, just stay the course with Case Keenum through that game. Stay the course with Case Keenum next week as a veteran quarterback in New England, because you're not winning that football game. You're not. Okay. Right. Right. But you actually had a shot to beat the Giants. Had Case Keenum been in that football game, I honestly believe he would have made a couple plays and he would, and maybe this is still my rage of Paul Richardson not working out, but still <laughs> it, it's, it was mind numbing to me that he could go from, he's not ready. And okay, let's throw the kid in knowing that there was no way he could play the kid next week. Cause that's like feeding him to the lions. Literally. Yeah, they, they put him in a tough spot and they would put him in a tougher spot playing next week. I'm, I'm definitely in agreement with that for sure. And it's, I mean, he, like I said last week, I think I said this to you that he wasn't even running with the second team offense. Like he wasn't even prepared in case an injury happened or in case they wanted to pull the plug on case Keenum. So it was just really confusing that they, they just threw him in there like that. But back to the Vikings, I think just like the fact that Mike Evans was a buy when you were all over him in the three touchdown game, Devonte Adams, we talked about against the weak Eagles secondary. I think this is going to be the case with Thielen. I, I don't I'd agree. Expect... I agree. He's too good of a player. He's too good of a player. And look what's coming up on the schedule. The Giants, the Eagles, the Lions, Washington, Casey. Going to have to throw the ball in a couple of those games for sure. So I don't expect the Thielen of old to be just all of a sudden start getting double-digit targets and eight catches for 100 yards and a touchdown because it is very clear that it's the Dalvin Cook show in Minnesota as it should be. But this is the time now to get involved with one of the two. I want Thielen uh, over Diggs, but I, I think both of them will be okay moving forward. And, and in DFS land, we'll be talking about them as contrarian plays, just low-owned guys. All right. Now, speaking of DFS land, the Rams have a short week <clears throat> at Seattle on Thursday night. <laughs> Man, like this is just like, I think after that game, this is, I don't know if this is the worst case scenario or the best case scenario. It'll be a fun game to watch. That's for sure. Yeah. But. I think you're going to see a whole lot. I really do. If you're going to play the showdowns later, whatever you're going to do, I think you're going to see a steady diet of Todd Gurley. I I know he had the two touchdowns, and I've been refusing to give up on Todd Gurley, but I feel like this is this is too much now. You can't. That was a game you needed to win at home, and now you didn't. You have to yeah. go back to the drawing board here. And and look, maybe part of the reason they saved him was they knew the Seattle on a short week, and they had to use him, and they did. It's possible. I mean, it, there could be logic there, but it's, and eventually, 
I don't know, man. You got to throw logic out the window and win football games. Otherwise, you, you're going to be out of a job sooner than you realize. Not that yeah. McVay's on the hot seat, but ugh, this ain't good. No, it's not good. And they just paid all that money to Goff, too. Like, he just makes bonehead decisions. And like Gurley. They, Gurley, yeah. they're both getting paid. You gotta, they're you gotta both getting paid. Days. Yeah, listen, I'm not – I have some Gurley issues. I said this at the start of the season. <laughs> it's not the skill set. It's, it's the fact that I just don't know if he can handle – 15 carries like I, I only five carries is, is definitely puzzling again I want to give some respect to the run defense in Tampa but this will be a this will be a true test on a short week to go into Seattle on the road after a game he really only had five carries like if he has another five to ten carries for 40 yards like that's that's I mean he is what he is now he's he's almost as Jake said it the other day and I kind of thought about it he's almost Derrick Henry now he's catching some balls but you're just hoping that he finds the end zone and he and he you know he he gets you 70 yards and a touchdown. It it was encouraging to see him catch. Now he has 11 catches on the year. He only had like three or four heading into the week, so that is at least a positive. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, let's look ahead a little bit to <clears throat> to the rest of the week five schedule. The one o'clock slate. You got Jaguars and Panthers, so you got the battle of the backups there, which should be fascinating to watch. This one's going to be on the road. So Gardner Minshew, by the way, Gardner Minshew continuing to oh, very win impressive. football games. It, it is, man. It, it is. And I like the guy. Like, I like that he's kind I of like embraced this thing. It's fun. There's just something about Nick Foles where it just makes me laugh. Like, he, he just can't, he can't catch a break. <laughs> like, listen, it's kind of like a joke in one sense, like a bad dad joke, but Poor guy. he can't. He, he can't. can't no, guy. he can't. But he you know can't. what? Then again, he's he just got an eighty-eight million dollar contract. So sure, yeah. And I mean, it, the same thing is it's like a big circle. You know what I mean? Like he steps in for injured guys and then has success, and he's a nice story. And the same thing, like Minshew stepping in for fools and having success, winning football games. Like that one scramble that he had, where it looked like he should have been knocked on the ground like three or four times, and he's just in and out, and and it, it looks so weird. Like he's is a couple steps back. It was it's like George Costanza playing Frogger. Like he's just oh, like running across the so street, like in and out of the cars, like, and then all of a sudden he tosses a touchdown. It's like, it, it's, it's impressive. It's very nice. Like it's, it's, it's fun to see. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, we need good stories, especially with so many quarterbacks out. The fact that you got a guy like this. And I think of, um, even more to the point, we need more likable personalities. And I think we've gotten some in the last year or so, because we've gotten, got some unlikable ones too in the last year or so, but we've gotten guys that I think you can really get behind. I think Minshew is one of these guys. I think McCaffrey is one of these guys. Um, I think Mahomes is one of these guys that you just uh, look, I don't care what I'm the biggest Patriots fan in the world, right? I love Patrick Mahomes. And if the Pats don't make it this year to the Super Bowl, I want Mahomes to be that guy and go win it. Cause I just love that kid. I love watching him play football. I love the post game conferences with him. He's just a professional. He, I can't, I shudder to think of how good he's going to be in five years. I really do. Yeah. Oh, Mahomes. Yeah, imagine yeah. five like he's this good now. He's yeah, he he's now. what's he gonna be? He's very very impressive, and I think last week was was so impressive because as you said, he didn't throw any touchdowns, but he just he found a way to march his team all the way down the field in a game where he was miss, missing some of his wide receivers. The run game was kind of really again non-existent, but he he found a way to to get it done in a game where he just kind of struggled in a game where he didn't throw any touchdowns. He used his legs, which we don't see often. We forget that that he could actually just tuck the ball and run if he wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> and we don't yeah. see that from him. And when you see that from time to time, you're just like, oh yeah, <laughs> no, oh, the right. complete oh, package. Yeah. He doesn't need go. to throw the ball down the field. Yeah, so he's he's just he's really fun to watch for sure. All right, and uh, continuing on the the slate, as it were, 
and looking ahead to week five, you got the Patriots at the Redskins. I, I'm sorry. I thought it was in New England. It's not. It's in Washington. doesn't matter. It's still going to be the same story as a bloodbath. And that Patriots defense, my God, they are there. This is it's getting ridiculous right now. <laughs> like How good that Patriots defense has been. I mean, that was a good really, game. That was an entertaining. It game. was. It really yeah. was. It, it like, went exactly how I thought it would. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about it. We said, well, I, yeah. I think we even said like 10, seven at the half and yeah. then they figure out a way to, well, there, there it was, I think it was, yeah. might've even been that, but it, it's, and the bills, no, no joke. That bill no. secondary is no, no joke. No joke. I mean, so if Josh Allen doesn't game, turn the ball around wow. over, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's maybe a little, I mean, it was close. It was a one score game. It was. Um, I thought with 11 yeah. minutes left, him kicking that, uh, him going for and fourth down was so stupid. That was such a dumb thing. Take the points. There's 11 minutes left in this game. Don't kill the momentum. Take the three. You're down 16-13 then. Anything can happen. One bounce of the ball. But you lose momentum in an offense, especially with a backup quarterback. Take the points. I oh that that I was screaming it. And I'm again, why do I want I don't want the Bills to win, but it's just bad football. I thought McDermott it's had bad it. football. Yeah. It's like everybody sees Bill Belichick and then they panic. It's like Dan Quinn's like, oh, nope, you know what? We're not going <laughs> to run the football here. And Pete Carroll's like, yep, you know what? We could just run Marshawn Lynch in, but you know what? We're not going to do that. It's like everybody sees Belichick and they outthink themselves. Yeah. The I'm only guy that didn't do it is Pearson, but you're right. Everybody else, Tom absolutely. Coughlin. They get Tom Coughlin doesn't outthink himself. And Coughlin doesn't either. Yeah. I mean, those Good guys friend. go with their gut. Um, but yeah, you're you're dead on. I mean, McDermott. They overthought it, and you know it's it's a learning process for those teams. Like New England is there, Buffalo's trying to, you know, Buffalo's get there. no joke. And they're, no, they're going to make the playoffs. And they take on the Titans. Well, we'll see what happens with Allen. How long he might be out, but they're going to take on the Titans. This is going to be another one of these like ugly football games. I can tell you right now. I don't know what the total is. We haven't looked yet, but uh, yeah. it's not going to be high. I'm sure. That, I'm sure that Ravens at Steelers. A huge game here. Ravens coming off a home butt kicking uh, uh, by the hand courtesy of the Cleveland Browns. Finally, Cleveland Browns look. This was not surprising because the Browns were kind of playing for their season in a weird way. They needed a win in the worst way, and they got one. And now they're and, now they're leading the division. We'll talk. Yeah, no, there's the irony of life. And <laughs> the Ravens defense not that good. Everybody, they're not that good. There's no Mosley. There's no Suggs. There's no Ed Reed. There's no Ray Lewis. None of it's not what the Ravens used to be. Everybody needs to come around. I still think they'll go in and beat the Steelers, but uh, you know, the Steelers, I mean, in that I thought, college offense in the second half. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, they need to, they, they need to make some adjustments. I thought it was obviously looked a lot better than last week in San Fran. Um, you know, there are some concerns, I guess, like if you're a Juju owner, you have to, you're, you definitely didn't, this isn't the guy that you drafted and he's not going to be the guy that you, that you were expecting for sure. Uh, a couple takeaways, James Washington, you know, where is he? I don't know. Like that was the narrative, right? Rudolph and Washington, the connection in college, it's just a, a non-factor, but I got to give Rudolph some credit. I mean, yeah, they kept it very, very simple for him. I mean, 24 for 28, 229, two touchdowns. Connor had a, a much better day, at least on the ground, but he was just so involved right through the air. I mean, eight catches, eight targets. This is probably something that we can assume. I think they're going to use all of their backs. Jalen Samuels as well, like eight catches, eight targets. He threw three passes. He had 10 carries. Is it a split committee in Pittsburgh? It's a different offense. I'll tell you that without, without big Ben and Ben on the sidelines, this is a different offense. It's almost, it reminded me a little bit of Baltimore making the adjustments halfway through last year with Lamar Jackson. Now Rudolph isn't the same type of quarterback. He's not going to run like that, but it definitely is a, a different offense and a different feel. So I, I don't want to, give them too much credit because the Bengals are just 
they're absolutely trash. Like they're they're just another team. There's like four teams here just really going for that 0 and 16 uh, number one pick. And <laughs> well, speaking Bengals of trash, are one of them. Speaking of trash, the uh, the Cardinals and the Bengals are going to square off against each other <laughs> next week. So that's going to be that's going to be a good time. Everyone's going to love that one. Um, yeah, good, good, good. Somebody's going to win, I think. Unless it's another tie. Uh, the Falcons play the Texans next week, which means. Or should I say this week now? Which means that let's see, who's the big guy that's Jeez, hard they got to guard? Three games I, against that division in a row. Eh? I know this is, this is a bad schedule. It is a tough schedule, but that offensive line is so bad. It's so bad. But luckily, the Falcons' defense, I think, is worse. I think this is finally a get-right game for Watson and Hopkins. I really do. I don't care how many guys they have to throw in the backfield to help out. I don't care if it's Duke Johnson, if it's Carlos Hyde. I don't care if they have to go get a fullback and put him back. They need something out there to help with this O line. But I think this is the get right game for Hopkins. And they're going to be at home against the Falcons. I like that one. I'm going to be on that all Thursday afternoon when the show drops. I'm telling you, it's going to be it's going to be the Andre Hopkins show. You know, I have a couple concerns with Houston for sure. Yeah, that offensive line is not great. Uh, Watson's been sacked 18 times. It's the second most in the league behind Kyler Murray. Um, you know, he's he obviously is it doesn't have time to hook up with DeAndre Hopkins or Will Fuller down the field. We we almost saw it. We said, like, now's the time for Fuller. Again, another pass off the fingertips. It seems to be coming, but he's just scrambling for his life, um, Watson. And, you know, they just need to they just need to figure out that offensive line. They need to do more because he's he's going to get himself hurt. He's going to get himself killed. The offense doesn't run. They don't have a strong run game. I, I, I'm i agreeing with you. Like, the, beat the Falcons. But, man, like, Watson and is – he's just scrambling. Every time I watch – I watch that game. Like, it was just so brutal against Carolina. They couldn't do anything. He had no time to throw the ball downfield. He was just scrambling again, like, sacked so many times. So, it's something I'm keeping an eye on. Obviously, Hopkins is a, is a nice by-low candidate, but um, everybody else in this offense is kind of meh. Well, you know, this is going to be a fascinating one, too. Another another early game, too. The 1 o'clock slate is very heavy next week. You've got, let's see, let's count them up. You ready? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 games in the 1 o'clock, 2 games in the 4 o'clock next week. Wow. Wow. That is a weird, weird slate. I'm going to be very busy doing that 1 p.m. right. It's basically a whole slate. NFL would schedule a little bit different. Well, here's the here's the thing after, that I'm going to throw out there, too. Keep this in mind, OK, because the four o'clock games are the Broncos at Chargers, the Packers at Cowboys. OK, those are the four o'clock games. You may want to avoid some of the, the full slate and take a little bit more of the variables out of things. And, and go a little heavier on the one o'clock. I think just just take four, you know, four teams out of the mix that could yeah. kind of ruin your day. Because <laughs> we all know yeah. those are the kind of teams that can ruin your day too. Aaron Rodgers can ruin your day. Joe Flacco might show up and ruin your day with those receivers. Who knows what the hell the Chargers are going to do? Who knows what the Chargers are at this point? I have no idea. And the Cowboys are another team. Yeah, you know, Elliot, Dak, Cooper, the, those guys can all ruin. I'm. What do you and think the of States that motion? Shut them down. Yeah, no, I like it. I know I, I like that strategy. It's fine. I mean, I'm to be honest, I'm not interested in those in those four games anyways. Like Melvin Gordon's going to get it. You know, I'm sure he's going to touch the field, and Eckler's going to be scaled back a little bit. So, and on the Denver side, I mean, I'm I'm not totally interested in in what's going on there. And the and the Packers are going to be without Adams, and the Cowboys are are coming off a kind of a mediocre game. Well, actually, you know, a pretty mediocre game. Like they yeah. were shut down. The Saints shut them down big time, took away uh, Cooper and Zeke. So, yeah, I like that. And and then you just attack other games. I mean, looking at the schedule, just the high the high totals. I mean, that highest the highest total right now. We don't have all the totals, 
it's that Falcons and Texas game. <laughs> Texas tell, game oh, that we dude. just talked about. That's oh, that's the one yeah. right there. It's at 48 and a half. Give it to me. Give it yeah, to you, me. I want to all give me Julio and Hopkins. I'll figure the rest out. I'm yeah, just... <laughs> figure it out. You mentioned the Bills and Titans. We got a, a total at 38 and a half. I mean, Washington and New England. Um, you know, you know, and the Saints are home again. This time they got the Bucks coming in. That, and that the Saints, could be something. High you know what? This, it's funny because we got two games in a row where the Saints defense has really just put the team on their back and just just been brilliant. I mean, they those games were one on defense the last two weeks. Yes. Going into Seattle, <clears throat> really tough. At home against the Cowboys, really tough. The Bucks just don't care. They have no discipline. They're just going to throw the ball at no matter. They don't care. Like Winston will throw picks all day, all these things. Oh, yeah, you don't care. Just got to be careful because if you're not, you let Evans catch a couple balls and and uh, Godwin kept a, catch a couple balls, you you could be in trouble. And speaking about get right games, dude, you're 100%. You're more right than you realize. If you mentioned this already, I apologize, but this is definitely the right time to buy on Diggs and Thielen because they play the Giants next week. Yes, It'll yes. This is so, the time. This is it. Get in there. Get your yeah. Adam. Thielen, you always get hear about guys. They, they, you always hear hear this when not all the time it happens, but we usually when wide receivers and we know that they could be a little diva ish when they call out their quarterbacks or their offensive coordinator, they usually get the ball. <laughs> like it, it's happening right. soon. I mean, Thielen and can't go a game place for it to happen against the Giants, catch. who are so bad in the second. I mean, they are so. That's what made the the Washington game so frustrating. Because Richardson should have had a dozen points no matter what because that secondary is so bad. The only thing they could bring it down was a downgrade to the rookie quarterback who was not ready to play, and that just killed yeah. everything. The Bears at Raiders, so Bears defense will be very chalky, I'm sure. Uh, that's going to be fascinating to watch. But, you know, the, they're going to be playing Chase Daniel for a while with that Trubisky injury. Now, I, the one thing you take out of that game, too, is Montgomery had 21 carries, a season high. And I know they didn't all look great because the Vikings are a pretty good defensive team. but. If that number stays true in this game against Oakland, Montgomery's going to have a huge day. I'm telling you right yeah. now, huge. I think day. he is. I think he is as well. Yeah, that was a big takeaway for me too, Joe. Is is the 21 carries and getting involved through the air too as well, right? He had five targets and three catches, so that was by far, um, you know, 24 touches is by far a career high for him. Not as efficient, but maybe a new offense here with Chase Daniel. And maybe they lean on the run just a little bit more than they have in in weeks past. And again. Davis, Mike Davis, nowhere to be found. Like he just, no, he, oh, he hasn't God. been. It was Davis. whatever happened week one. I don't know, um, but it is the Dalvin or the it was week one. It was a short David week. It was week yeah. one. What are you gonna do? It was week. It was week. Yeah, it's one week. It was the Thursday night. What do you want from me? And Cordell or Patterson, only two carries. Yeah. Well, <laughs> look, that's gonna go by the wayside. <laughs> and Tariq Cohn got involved too, which was nice because a lot of people have lost their mind about Tariq Cohn. And, and granted, it's fair. Absolutely yeah. fair to lose your mind. It's been frustrating for sure. Um, we mentioned the four o'clock games already. And then, of course, you got Colts and Chiefs Sunday night, Browns and 49ers. 49ers, the only undefeated team left in the NFC. How about them apples? Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, hey, look, we'll I've, see I've what happens. I've been impressed, though. Like, they haven't played anyone phenomenal, but I have been impressed with Jimmy Garoppolo taking it seems like he's taken another step forward like every week. Um, they got like 100 running backs there that they all use. So, I mean, it's been good. That'll be a that'll be a good test to see if Cleveland can, even for both squads, for Cleveland to go in there and just build off last week and and see like, can they put together a couple consistent games, consistent wins, or are they going to be that team that's just a five hundred squad that's like good sometimes and other times they're just not so much like, and we blame it on co- coaching. But I, again, I was very impressed with them going to Baltimore and 
and just put a whooping down. I mean, Odell didn't do anything, but they put up what 500 yards of offense and 40 points. It's pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah. Well, look, we're going to break all these games down, all the matchups and all the injuries as we get closer and closer. So Thursday, That'll be the next pre-snap show, the DFS preview show. So we'll have you locked and loaded, ready to go. Make sure you are subscribing to the pre-snap, especially if you're playing the wagering and the betting as well, because Mike Randall and I continue to uh, win people money over there. That's the Friday show. So again, the schedule, normally we come out with the show yesterday, too many conflicts going around between kids off from school and and things going on and, and whatnot. So we're sorry we're a little bit later on this one today, but we are right as rain. We'll be back on Thursday. We'll be back on Friday for wagering, Thursday for DFS. Get all your content ready to go. And I want to thank everybody out there, too, because the numbers keep going up. It's because of you all. And, look, we love doing the show. We love talking football. And we love breaking down these games in a unique way, too, where we're just not going down the slate like so many DFS shows do, player by player, price by price. That's not going to help you. It's not going to get you the right guys necessarily. It's going to take up too much of your time, and it's going to be a waste of time. We want to target We want to go after the things we like. We want to fade away from the things we don't. We want to save you time, energy, and we want to give you strategy and approach. And we're already starting to come up with our approach, as you can tell from this show right here. And the best way to solidify that approach is the LineStar app. So go out there, get that LineStar app. And if you've already got it, I'm telling you, upgrade to the premium product, get all the optimizer tools, all the breakdowns, all the stuff from Nitro DFS and Greg Landry, all that stuff. They are uh, doing the game breakdowns, doing everything out there. They just do tremendous work. So make sure you get on that and follow them on the Twitter machine as well. You can follow us at Chris Meany and Joe Pizapia 17 and uh, that'll do it. So we'll be back on Thursday. There's nothing left now for us to do in the pre-snap except break the huddle and set down win. You've been listening to the pre-snap podcast brought to you by LineStar. Hit subscribe, tell a friend, and stay tuned for the next episode from fantasy football experts Joe Pizapia and Chris Meany.